0: Hey, before we get into the episode, I want to update you guys that we just announced Starting Small Summit 2024. We launched Starting Small Summit in 2022 with an amazing panel of founders. We flew in for a live event that carried on to 2023 and now we're excited to do our third annual event this year in the Midwest. So make sure to click the link in this description so you can find more information on that and find more about our speakers and enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Parima Ajaz, founder of Pure Prima. Listen as Parima talks about her journey of creating Pure Prima, a luxury bedding business that strives to contain only the best Egyptian cotton from the Nile River Valley. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Parima Ajaz of Pure Prima. Parima, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Cameron.
0: Yeah. It's a pleasure. So I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Um, Where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like?
1: So I actually was born in Toronto um, Mm. and my family is a family of entrepreneurs. So um, my dad, you know, my parents married in Germany. It's a long story, but they married in Germany, moved to Canada Mm. and just had me. So my dad actually started working in a warehouse, um, $7 an hour. And my mom was taking care of me and my brother, my older brother. Mm. And we grew up in Canada, and then um, my father noticed that business is not booming in Canada, so he moved to New Jersey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And from there, we grew up in, I've been in New Jersey for most of my life. And yep. and that's when I started going to Rutgers during college years, and from there, graduated. Wow. And um, yeah, my childhood was pretty great. I had amazing parents who were, I mean, immigrant parents, but...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They struggled, and I want to say they've been successful so far, and I'm really proud of them, and I just want to continue their legacy.
0: Amazing. So you say a family of entrepreneurs, and I I understand that your father was really in the betting side as well. If you can kind of explain what did they do um, during this time that kind of resulted them to move around and try to figure out an area that would work best?
1: Yeah, of course. So basically, my father, when he was working in that warehouse, Mm -hmm. it was textiles related. So he started from basically importing product and, you know, shelving it and then just learning as you just are moving the boxes, you're reading, you're learning, you're learning about the product. So he just started really gaining a grasp on it. And the more he got into it, the more they promoted him, he became warehouse manager. And then he started giving advice and, Oh, what we should bring because, you know, if you're in the warehouse, you know, what's selling most, you know, what's going out most. Yep. Um, so then he's getting more advice Then he got, you know, brought into the office. And so he got his, um, knowledge from there. And then, um, Sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah,
0: just kind (laughs) of, what did he end up getting into? Um, Did he start his own uh, once he got to the States here? Or how did that work?
1: Yeah, so then he was becoming more of like a consultant. And then he was working with different partners to basically advise retailers and factories of what to bring. Mm. And he kind of got to a point where he is basically letting big retailers such as like Walmart, Bed Bath, now defunct but a yeah. target macy's kind of you know advising them consulting of what beds to bring what not to bring and um yeah so then he was doing their working with them and mm. when he kind of learned the system and learned okay what sells what doesn't sell i want to say he has an eye too yeah so he is very artistic whether he wants admitted or not um but i feel like i growing up i learned a lot from him in that mm. sense and i learned to have that eye as well
0: yeah for sure. So you mentioned uh, you ended up going to Rutgers. Uh, what did you end up, st- end up studying there? And then, kind of in that time, what were your aspirations um, to get into yourself?
1: Yeah. So growing up, I was always very persuasive. Um, hmm. I always th- I thought it was just me being his daughter. Like I think he just believed me or just wanted to believe me more. But yeah, he always said, "No, I think you'd make a great lawyer one day. I think you're really." i'm passionate about politics and law and you're always into history so and he was right i was i was very i mean i loved my history teachers my social study classes so naturally went into political science at rutgers um i loved it i still feel like i'm very passionate about politics and law i still keep up i still love talking about like even when we're doing work with my pr firm Mm -hmm. i'll always tell them about the you know the politics side of it you know it's not just bamboo there's so much more to bamboo and why for sure bamboo was fraudulently mislabeled or why Mm -hmm. egyptian cotton was fraudulently mislabeled so i'm so so much into that too yeah but um so yeah i was naturally inclined to that and i was planning on going to law school but once i graduated rutgers um my father he said you know take some time take a break come work with me for a bit And I think both of us at that point, after the summer I spent there, he realized you're not going anywhere. And I realized I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, Naturally realized we worked really well together. um, And that I have these skills that I didn't know Mm. I had or that I didn't know was possible to grow so fast.
0: Yeah. So I'd love to dive into that period when you were working with him. What kind of, what did your roles look like uh, during that time? And I would love to hear how this kind of like flows into the founding of your own brand
1: yeah of course so he wanted to become basically more um deeper go deeper into consulting and developing betting and seeing you know What else could be done? And so I was helping him a lot with that and just doing more research on the research side, development side. So he's more, you know, talking to buyers, talking to customers, I'm talking to the factories, managing the timelines and projects. And I'm more of the production, creation, research, design. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of also back end on the websites, just, you know, building. The products, building the websites, building the descriptions, and making sure everything looked right. So, I kind of in that time grew a passion for web design, graphics, social media, like just basically a lot of facets of business that I didn't realize I loved or could do.
0: Yeah. So, then we get into 2018. I know you graduated in 2017. This is when Peer Prima actually comes about. So, shortly yeah. after graduation, when it's We've had some stories in the podcast where they've come out of school they've come out of school and then founded the brand but it's it's rare to find for sure going straight into that. So what is the inspiration behind that? I know some of the ethical backgrounds of sourcing the materials is kind of like a driving factor but from your POV mm-hmm. what was the founding story?
1: Yeah, of course. So At this point, still, I'm working with my father more under under him. Yeah. And when the scandal broke out of the Egyptian cotton scandal of uh, Walmart mainly, Mm. but, you know, Target Afghan caught selling um, Egyptian cotton products marketed as Egyptian cotton, Mm. um, but were really less than 50 percent Egyptian cotton. Mm. So and this was brought by consumers. They went and tested it and, you know, they got caught. So when we saw that that was and you know it's it's i'm not saying the textile industry is small but yeah. when something like that happens in your industry it's like the top of the town for sure and so everybody was just so shocked and um i think i just kind of like wanted to get into the politics side again of it and just see like well like why how when you
0: yeah. know for sure. So
1: i just started researching and I found out that there is a whole ministry that backs the cotton Egypt certification and the trademark. So one of Egypt's main export is Egyptian cotton. So it's super important for them to mm. not only protect it, ensure that it's a trademark that is known for its authenticity and rarity and it maintains its status. Yeah. So when you have companies like Walmart selling Egyptian cotton for $20, it, it really brings down you know the status of the trademark certainly um, and it infringes on so Egypt after this really took it seriously and it was like this needs to stop and so they created um another faction the cotton Egypt Association mm. and so this organization's main job is is basically to protect its trademark and that includes trademarking uh certifying the manufacturers The brands, the products um, to ensure that it is 100% Egyptian cotton and there's guarantee, Mm -hmm. and you can trace it by the the four digit code. Yep. Back to exactly where it was purchased. Um, And yeah, and after that, nobody wanted to touch Egyptian cotton because they were scared. Interesting. Uh, Target was like, forget about it. Walmart, everybody, they just did not want to touch it. And so, you know, with this. In the back of my mind of okay well there's a way to guarantee it and i know that you know if i'm gonna buy something i know i'm gonna look for that cea logo and that certification and i was like i wonder if there's a way you can bring it all together and so after i did more of my research i brought it to my father and i was like i think i think we, we should try this out with the sheets and he you know fully supported me and he thought that was a great idea and we just kind of basically dove into it and what it would look like and of course i took loads and loads of his advice Mm. and his inspirations um, because of course he knows textiles in and out and so um, that's basically how it started and we just amazing by a scandal
0: wow (laughs) so yeah, I mean you're you have this interesting position kind of being able to leverage his resources and his experience. What did the sourcing look like from that time at Launch? Was it using kind of his um partners at that time? What what did that look like for sourcing for material then?
1: Yeah, of course. So actually although he had been in the industry for so long, Sheets was something new for him. Okay. Um so he didn't have any resources or any partners or anyone beforehand. We kind of just um, maybe have a few friends in the industry that we might have talked to a little bit of, okay, if we do this, what is it going to look like? Um, so we have like probably one mentor in the industry who helped us mm-hmm. um, kind of give us advice of, you know, what to ensure is important, what's, you know, make sure to avoid. Um, but other than that, it, we both kind of went into it blind. Um, yeah. We learned a lot along the way, but it's been so a rewarding task hard yet rewarding Mm. um but yeah so he so he's originally from pakistan so we felt more comfortable sourcing our product from pakistan Mm -hmm. but also the other thing is um a lot of the reason why egyptian cotton is so expensive is because it's usually made in italy or portugal Mm. and of course it's because it has italy and portugal have this like centuries long uh artisanal and um what is it, craftsmanship and skills that, you know, of course you can't find anywhere else. For sure. Um, But Pakistan is emerging and its textile ability and its craftsmanship is growing by the day. Mm. And so we went to them, we're like, we gave them this project and we're like, show us what you got. And the samples came out so beautiful. Mm. Um, We are able to get Italian quality, if not a little better in some aspects um for a fraction of the cost and that savings that we have we have given that to our customers so you are no longer spending a thousand dollars for a flat sheet you can get a whole set for 250 dollars so that was Mm -hmm. something that we were very happy to have been able to achieve
0: yeah for sure going on at launch then um some of your background that you developed kind of within that year working with your dad what did uh, that strategy look like? Did you guys solely launch direct-to-consumer, e-commerce online? Or how, how did that look, the operations wise?
1: Yeah, of course. So while we were ensuring that our brand and products and manufacturer were getting certified, mm-hmm. um, I drew my first specs, my product specs. I, because it's just me and my dad and yeah. I'm using more of his resources and advice, but everything at the actual doing part is just me either doing it, learning it, figuring it out. Um, and so I submitted my first specs to the factory hand drawn. And I was like, I don't know if they're going to know what I'm saying or if they understand the graphics or the, the, you know, the technicality. But yeah, they got it. Mm-hmm. the other half of my time was spent building the website, um, building our social media. And so it took a lot of YouTube university, I like to say, <laughs> um, some coding i had to teach myself a lot of things um but eventually i got our website to a place where it was um looked pretty good and we brought our products all of this took basically i want to say a year Mm -hmm. and in 2018 january 1st it just so happened our shipment was ready and it came in um the website was ready and i had everything ready to go and we launched January 1st. And I remember on our first day, we got sales.
0: Mm. Our
1: very first
0: day. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far behind Primo's entrepreneurial journey. I'd like to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid-break sponsor, Big Wall Decor. Are you looking to transform your living space? Want to make your home uniquely yours? Look no further than Big Wall Decor. Offering large artwork that not only captivates the eye, but also enhances small living spaces. Whether you're in a cozy studio apartment or prefer a minimalist approach, Oversized artwork complements any style, adding a touch of modern sophistication to your decor. Worried about cost transportation? Big Wall Decor makes large art affordable for all budgets, ensuring everyone can enjoy today's top trending artists. Plus, their prints are incredibly portable and easy to change, so you can easily refresh your space. For myself, finding a unique print that's not only at my TJ Maxx is hard. My favorite part about shopping with Big is the ability to discover new artists and have my favorite art pieces quickly made at any size for my space. Make sure to check them out at BigWallDecor.com. That's BigWallDecor.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. I'd love to hear how kind of that funnel started. So did you build a community online leading up to that, maybe taking um, some pre-orders or the, the, the first sales? I mean, that's exciting, launching on day one. So how did that come about?
1: So, you know, I don't have a background in social media. I don't have a following. I, I didn't. We didn't have this community. It was more of um, just kind of and we didn't take any pre-orders. I was actually, I I had seen others do pre-orders and the mm-hmm. container being delayed and delayed and delayed. And I did not want to do that to people. I didn't want to take their hard-earned money and then not deliver. Yeah. So because it the timeline is so also finicky when it comes to the mm. certification, you didn't know when it was going to get approved because yeah. the auditing process takes so long so although they kept saying like yeah it'll come in december and to this day honestly with the way logistics is i still i'm very you know when people ask me when are your towels coming when are your bathrobes i'm like i i'm going to give you a time frame but i can't promise anything because especially with everything with COVID, yeah just logistics has not been the same since then Mm. so i didn't take any pre-orders i didn't do any of that but um Honestly, I think I just kind of let our product speak for itself. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't try to build any following or anything. I just kept posting and talking about our product, and we sent swatch books and we shared our products with um, anyone that would listen or take the time to talk to us. Hmm. Um, but basically, anybody who gets our product in their hands, it's like word of mouth. Yeah. Because they just love it. They love it so much. They get it. They feel it. It's like for the first time they realize, wow, sheets mm. really make a difference in your sleep. For sure. And you really do sleep better. And that was something I wasn't really expecting to hear as much. But mm. um, I just wanted to make good quality sheets. Um, but to know that better sleep is coming out of it, it makes me really happy. Because sleep yeah. is so important.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting point you say that because um, I, I received a some of your sheets as well, and to the listeners out there, if you see the website, like you can see visually kind of the the care that goes into the packaging, but then receiving it firsthand, I'll be fully transparent. It's like one of the most beautiful consumer experiences I've ever had, like the box amazing from the pamphlet with information, the sheets themselves. How important was that packaging to you at the early days? And I mean, you guys made such a, a beautiful display for consumers at first look
1: oh thank you so much that means a lot yeah um you know honestly that packaging it's basically been like that since day one Mm. because and we invested in our packaging to ensure that we convey the most accurate information that is just as luxurious as the product itself because it just didn't feel right to send egyptian cotton sheets the most rarest cotton in the world in a plastic bag one sustainability Yeah. But two, it's just, it's like delivering a really nice car in a, I don't know, in a in a beat up trailer. It yeah. just, it, you need you no, know, yeah. it it all matters. The whole process matters. So, um, but what was super important is because, you know, we're self-funded. We don't to this day, we're still self-funded. We don't take any outside funds. And so for us, in order to ensure that we really have that customer return um yeah. and that customer retention rate um we ensured that our packaging our pamphlets you know whatever you're reading you have all this material to explain to you why you know what goes into it and why yeah. it's so great and um i've you know i talk to my customers all the time and they're saying you know i'm so glad you gave me that catalog i'm so glad you gave me that swatch book because i gave it to my mom my sister my friend and so for us our business has really grown mm. through word of mouth just people talking about how much better they're sleeping it's like you tell 10 people two of them take it seriously
0: mm, yep i love so, it so
1: that i want to say we've grown the most yeah because i mean we're we're a I mean, you have companies like uh, Amazon and Macy's and Target who have been around forever and they have these like large mm. stakes in the industry. And so yep. you have little old us coming in. <laughs> um, we really lean heavy into ensuring our quality, which is what matters, of course, number one and always should be is leaning into quality. Mm. And that quality speaks for itself. And also, really appreciative of anyone and everyone who gets it and shares about it.
0: Mm, for sure. Looking at the operations side of the business, um do you how, how does that look? Do you guys have a 3PL? Do you hold inventory in house? Kind of walk us through once a consumer orders a uh, their first package. What does that look like?
1: Of course. Um Cameron, everything's in house. Yeah. Every single thing is in house. Yeah. Amazing. I don't outsource anything, not my customer service, not my um, fulfillment, not my mm. warehousing. It's we are all in one place. My showroom my all of my team uh fulfillment warehousing, everything. We are all in one space Incredible. in um, Lumberton, Jersey. So if you come in, if you wanted to come in, you could take a tour of the whole place. Um mm. and it's it start start to finish from the point of conception to fabrics on the wall and colors to you go to the back and you see the finished product and it being shipped out to customers. Um and I honestly want to keep it that way mm-hmm. till the end. Yeah. Um it's so important because One, our packaging and the way our products are shipped, it takes so much care. Mm. Um, Someone is hand-tying that,
0: Mm. and that
1: person is checking and ensuring that what you're getting is free of defects and it's perfectly done. Mm. So, and then with customer service, I just couldn't trust anyone else but me and maybe a few others to answer questions or help customers. It's just... Your whole business is your customer's happiness and satisfaction. And I just can't imagine me not being a part of that. So a lot of times I'm aware of every single thing that happens in our office, in our warehouse. Um, Every problem, I'm a part of it. Mm. Um, So I want to ensure that, you know, this whole flow, this organization is flowing nicely and I want to say maybe everyone having a hand and everyone being aware of everything so that we can make sure, you know, any problems get um, smoothed out quickly yep. has been, you know, the answer for our growth, our, you know, our gradual growth. Um, yeah, it's all in house. Mm-hmm.
0: Incredible. What does uh, the future of the business look like outside of like e-commerce? Have you thought about or are you in retail or what does that opportunity look like for the future?
1: Mm-hmm. Of course. So, we actually have a showroom right now and um we're in this um apart not apartment. It's like a unit warehouse and um we have actually people stopping by quite often. It's really nice I get to talk to my customers. Others mm-hmm. are just like, "Hey, I didn't know you were here." And they just get to learn about us just by walking by. Yeah. Um and so they get to come and see the showroom and they I mean, I think it's great because they get to feel everything. Yeah. They get to see every single color and feel everything. And honestly, it's very rare for someone to not walk out with something in their hands. Mm. It's like because once you feel it, it's like, okay, I'm not leaving without something. Yeah. Um, so at the moment we just have our showroom. Um, we do have, you know plans in the future of doing retail maybe but it's definitely not in our priority list at all right now yeah. our priority is honestly just to keep expanding our online presence mm-hmm. whether that means um continue expanding our website or other platforms like at the moment we're on paragold.com okay and the bay for canada and um it's been great so we're looking to just continue expanding that and mm-hmm. really excited about that
0: amazing well, you you shared a lot of kind of the benefits of Egyptian cotton in specific, if you can share with the listeners what does what would you say differentiates uh, pure Prima from like a traditional sheet they might have ordered back in the day or maybe from a traditional cotton or a silk, uh, quality control is a big piece of pure prima. So if you can kind of dive into that differentiation if you would whatever you would say,
1: yeah, of course. So, you know, number one cotton is king always and forever will be it's just you know the, there's always new things coming out like bamboo and um tinsel and all these things and it's just cotton it has time and time again proved itself that it will forever be the number one fabric I mean it's natural it's breathable it's beautiful it's cottons to me cotton is just the best feel ever mm. and um you know, there are other things like bamboo that claim to be environmentally friendly, but it's really not because the end process, they actually did a study. And if you look at bamboo in a microscope, the finished product, it barely has any traces of original bamboo mm. left in
0: it. Interesting.
1: And that's why by law, you are obligated. You have to write 100% bamboo from viscose or 100% bamboo mm. from rayon because it, it's not no longer hundred percent bamboo. Interesting. And, um, you know, microfiber, it's not natural. It's not biodegradable. It's not good for the environment. It's not good for you. So that's why one cotton, right. But mm. then you have different kinds of cotton. Egyptian cotton is in the family of, um, Garcipium. And actually that's where Supima, Pima cotton, and, um, sea isle cotton. They're all in the same flower family. Mm. And so if you take the little seed that creates Egyptian cotton and put it in the US, that's supima cotton. Okay. So it's all, in the, it's all the same flower, but what makes Egyptian cotton special is where it's grown because the environment, the lush and fertile soil of the Nile River Valley just cannot be found anywhere else in the world. Mm. And that's why they found, they grow this cotton specifically in egypt it just it just created something else Mm. it's created something super long and fine and um extra long fiber yarn and so that Mm. just couldn't be found anywhere else and when they wove this yarn into this fabric it's just you you just can't compare yeah so that's why japan is just so special Mm. it's so it's just this luxurious hand feel and softness that you can't find with any other kind of mm-hmm. cotton. So I wouldn't I can't say Egyptian cotton is even comparable to anything else.
0: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Prima, I like to conclude uh, each episode with this. If you can share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret along the way, what would you say that would be?
1: Ooh, um, I would say never stop learning
0: mm.
1: every day is a new learning experience. Um, and be prepared to learn, but I love learning. And I think that's, what's made me, um, love what I'm doing so far. Mm. So yeah, always keep teaching yourself because the the world and e-commerce especially is expanding and changing every single day. And if you stop learning, you will be left behind.
0: Mm. I love that point. Well, Prima, thank you so much uh, for joining me today and to the listeners out there, make sure to check out pure Prima at pureprima.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small on social platforms and make sure to subscribe to our email so you don't miss anything on Starting Small Summit, more podcast episodes, or our online blog. You can find that link in this description.